and you'll be proud of this game, and you can do a great deal for football today. Great deal for all the players and the league and everything else. Oh, I see him looking. I'm closing. <laughs> I was born in it. Molded by it. <laughs> yeah, I said they, they got to wake up with their piss out. You talking about Rasul? Hey, what up? It's Mercedes Lewis here, aka Big Dog. And you listening to Poor Man's Packers podcast? Go Pack Go! Hello and welcome to another edition of Poor Man's Packers podcast, the one Packers podcast in. The state of our minds. I am Spencer. Joined this week with Todd and Andrew. Boys, hey, Andrew, you're back. Uh, I'm back. Yes, and just in time for the death of the season. The Packers losing. I missed that one week, like a month back, and that's what got us on the streak. Mm -hmm. So I thought, hey, it's not going to be a big deal because I'm the one that started the streak. I guess I ended it too. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. The, oops. the beginning and the end. Yeah. Yes. Oopsie yes. poopsie. The Packers losing uh, 20 to 16 at Lambeau Field. I did end up going to the game, but a ticket the day of. Drove to Lambeau. Uh, nice seats. It was cool to be at like the 50 yard line, pretty high up. And Ooh. I knew they were good seats too. I got there. There was two older, larger women next to me. And I was like, oh, pointing to my spot. And they're like, oh, come over here. Oh, you must have bought my. Our nephew's ticket. He said he was feeling sick, and I look at this woman, and um, you know, not trying to. I'll just say she had the largest mustache I have ever seen oh. on a woman in my life. Well, it was, it's cold this time of year. Yes, she's <laughs> she's a real Lambo goer because it had to have been for warmth. Now the season's over. Maybe it's gone, but it was. I was talking to her, and it was hard like not to stare at the mustache. Was so, she friendly? extremely friendly. okay so they sold the seat in between them no it was oh. i it was the end seat was wouldn't the, that be something though that's what like, i was gonna say like, <laughs> like we're gonna oh, make a friend yeah. today my nephew and his mom sit here and here and he always sits in between us and that's the seat you got yep, you know and it's like it. oh that's hey becky one. you want to pass me some of your beer you know it'd be yeah now i think they did have an extra seat too that they just were like sharing between sure. their group but or maybe it was okay i was gonna yes. say just to help space out yes but um, but no but. peckers peckers lose watch them lose potentially aaron Rodgers' last game at lambo but of course like every episode we will break down the game a little bit uh the pick six plays the lynn lake pick six the six plays that shaped the game. Talk about the offense. Talk about the defense. For take news this week, we're going to talk about Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers. The things they said after the game and their pressers, and how that could lead to Aaron Rodgers' future with the team. And then, of course, we'll also talk about Joe Barry and how it sounds like he will be coming back. Matt Lafleur saying that at the Monday uh, presser, Joe Barry should be back along with the rest of the coaching staff. So we'll talk about that and. That'll probably be it for the season. Uh, but first, pick six. Pick six. Pick six. Pick six. Yeah! All right. First, Lynn Lake pick six play of the week. Uh, again, Lynn Lake Brewing in Uptown Minneapolis. They got great beer, great food, and I'd say you can watch the Packer game there, but uh, season's over. So I guess wait until next year. If Maybe watch the draft there. Yeah, potentially. Well, TBD, we'll see. Uh, Lynn Lake had some news on Reddit and stuff and oh. some news stories, so we'll see. Can you what share that news? Though? Nope, not no? yet. Okay. We'll, we'll see, and maybe we'll have some jokes in the future about that, but no, we do not know right now, so we will see later. But the first Lynn Lake pick six play, you know, we got to bring it up. Got to start off hot. 
going for it on fourth down and handing it off to one Alan Lazard on the jet sweep. Packers were on their own 33 with eight minutes remaining in the first quarter very early on. Packers elected to run a jet sweep to Alan Lazard, who was stopped immediately in the backfield, and that eventually led to a Lions field goal. This was the first time all season that Alan Lazard got a sweep. Real good time to try it out there. And once again, I thought it was a pretty good example of the offense once again making it harder than it needs to be on on offense. Only. Well, from my take, I'm sitting here in the living room watching the game, and I'm like, there's no way you're hiking the ball. Everyone and their fucking mom <laughs> knows. You know, you're on your own 30. It's fourth down. Rodgers, classic. You're just trying to get him pulled offside so you get a free play, right? That's what I'm thinking. And he hikes it, and I ate my words because literally – you know, the two people I was watching the game with looked at me like, oh, you're an idiot. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm an idiot. They you were know? right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, fuck, fuck. I ate my shoe on that one. And I was surprised. And then I was bummed. So it was it was, the biggest thing, too, is like the sneak shit. It, it, we saw it later in the game. It's like, dude. And I think that was the second time we converted on a sneak all year. It, well, it was two, fourth two for two. two, right? It wasn't even like inches. It was it was one. It was, okay, one, it was yard. one. Yeah. I think who else would you rather have the ball? You know, going side to side. You got Christian Watson. Mm -hmm. You don't want him doing that. Mm -hmm. You don't want him running around the edge. That's mm -hmm. no fun. You, know, you want Alan Lazard. Well, have you? There's that guy. I don't remember. Patrick Taylor? Yeah. Even, yeah. even yes. him, because he plays that position, actually. So. Running back? <laughs> well, well I, I don't know about that. You, either way, I mean, you'd maybe you want Alan Lazard to lead block instead of no, getting no, the no, ball? No no no. no, 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 no. No, you want Alan Lazard getting the ball, moving side to side behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, that 4.6 speed is then, you got to yeah, got to use that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, not very good. Uh the next pick six play pretty big turning point as well. It seems to happen in these do or die games for the Green Bay Packers over the last few years. The Aaron Jones fumble after some field goals, the score is three to nine, and there is one twenty-one left in the first half. Aaron Jones catches the ball and runs up, starts, you know, gets a first down, nice little play, but ends up fumbling the ball, and the ball somehow stays in bounds as well. That's a thing too. I'll just say this quickly. You know, I bring up all year the uh, the football gods mm -hmm. watching that in front of me, watching that ball stay in bounds. Other yep. players like trying to touch it, not getting it, and them staying in bounds too. Along with the Mason Crosby crossbar hit, uh -huh. the uh, e not EQ, the Amon Ross St. Brown catch with his legs. Mm -hmm. nice it was catch. the football gods did not. The refs gave us a lot of favors. The football gods were giving us no who, favors. There was that player on the pack who like was more focused on getting out of bounds with one of his feet. Robert Tunyon. Then, then he yeah, it was Tunyon. Then he was touching the ball. Like he like looked at the ball, he looked at the out of bounds, he chose to go out of bounds first and then touch the ball so he could you know, secure if he touched yep, it then yeah. it's in play or whatever. <clears throat> or it's yep. not in play and it's out, it's over. But if he would have just jumped on the ball Balls, right then and yeah, there. Plays over. Uh, yeah, I'm saying if he didn't worry about going out of bounds though, yeah. and he just jumped on the ball we don't lose the possession. Yeah, yeah. We were kind of rolling at that time. You know, we had Mercedes, Big Dog, fumbling it last year. Aaron Jones against Tampa, fumbling it. And I think there was an exchange handoff in the NFC uh, Championship game against the Niners. But we were getting blown out of that one anyways. Yeah, that ball really tiptoed right down the line there yeah. to stay in. It's pretty, yeah. pretty disappointing. Yeah, it just kind of lets you know, you know, that after that, that's when I'm like, oh, fuck, maybe, maybe we're not going to win this game. But yeah, Lions went on after that to get the field goal after the Amazing Razul Douglas uh, penalty that he got there, too. Uh, the third pick six play. 
hinted at it there beforehand, and it is the Mason Crosby crossbar hit early in the third, <laughs> and it was the play after the Romeo Dubs drop on third down. Mason Crosby, after making the 56-yarder last week, just a little short, and I mean, he was barely making the ones before that. Like yeah. he uses all of the of the field goal post in his kicks late this year. But yeah, hits the crossbar, doesn't go through, and once again, another hint that the game was not going to go our way. How old is Mason now? I mean, like, he's either thirty nine or forty. I was going to say forty. It, I almost feel. I mean, I would have kind of thought his leg would have lasted a little longer, but it seems like his leg. He's like the oldest of, kicker in yeah, the but league, who's, right? There's like how long did Vinatieri last? He was like forty five, something like that. Sure, yeah. But I yeah. think the Colts, I believe, had a kickoff specialist as well. That's part of it too. Uh, we might as well talk about it right now. Mason Crosby post game did say he plans on still playing football. Oh, he did. Which is okay. which I didn't see until you know today and i found that to be a little surprising because yeah he's very very good <laughs> making inside feel, 40 and inside 45 even i'd say but everything else it's like i don't feel comfortable with him kicking long and i don't feel comfortable with him kicking off so yeah, they're gonna have to move when the packers are playing if crosby's there next year that green line is it green or red Maybe it's a red yeah, it's, line. It's green. It's green. I believe. Green line that's the field in field goal range. Now oh, yeah. an additional ten feet. <laughs> five years. Not ten five feet. Ten short. yards. Yes. Yeah. Closer to the yeah. So that yeah. wouldn't be. We'll see. I mean, can can they just get a punter that can do kickoffs? That's, like that's what's odd too, because I believe Pat O'Donnell can do that or has in the past. So why doesn't he? Why well, why bring up a guy from well, the practice squad? Well, that was the thing too. We have two kickers on the practice squad now. We didn't bring up any for the game day. I don't know. I don't think we need to get lost in the weeds for weird. it. It's just right weird. Now. We sent another one today too. So we have three kickers, uh, like with future contracts. So we'll see. I don't think the Packers plan on. I was just saying. Seems back, like you seems don't think like they plan on bringing him it. back. You think he's gonna go? He's not gonna go anywhere. His else. contract is up as well. So we'll, okay. we'll oh, see. Okay. Uh, moving on, the fourth. Pick six play after touchdowns by both teams. We get the, in the fourth quarter, the Lions converting on a fourth and two. Once again, the uh, very soft coverage. You know, the Lions started to get things going on offense in the second half. And it seemed like third and short and these fourth and shorts, it was bad too because I think the, the last two fourth downs, it was fourth and short and they elected to pass. And they were... Still able to convert when all they could have done is probably run it as well, but not very good to see. And once again, the Joe Barry soft defense doing us. We we're some playing trouble. deep zone. I mean, what? They yeah, just deep, in just a couple plays later, tight. they uh, Jamal Williams scored, making it twenty to sixteen at that point. So, yeah, ouch. Yeah, not very good. Uh, the fifth pick six play. <sighs> Very reminiscent of some plays we've had in the past, maybe the Niners playoff game last year, but the Aaron Rodgers interception, just bad. Over three minutes left in the game. Didn't have much success on first or second down. It was third and 10 and not the best protection up front. A.J. Dillon did absolutely no block. I mean, he the, the motion, the action of the play moved him to the left and the blitzing linebacker came from the right, but... Absolutely no help, but terrible just hero ball from Aaron Rodgers going deep yep. to Christian Watson, who had absolutely no shot in catching that ball. I didn't watch the any of the all twenty two or anything like that, but was was there anybody open or was that it was was everybody covered? <sighs> so that's part and we'll talk about that later when we get to take news and what LaFleur and Rodgers said post game, but it was very similar to the last throw Rodgers had last year where he went deep to Devontae on fourth down. Yep. Two guy the wide receivers went deep and then Lazard who was playing on the inside he just ran a little 
uh, slant. Uh, not even a slant, just an inside route, wide open right at the sticks. And it was kind of when he was breaking, Rodgers had pressure in his face, but Lazard was open, and it was the same thing this year too. Both mm, both years, he went deep when he had Lazard open crossing the middle of the field. So, hmm. yeah, not not fun, and kind of you know what Aaron Rodgers has been this year. The last pick six play, the nail in the coffin, score is still twenty to sixteen. Lions get the ball back, and I mean the defense they made them work for it, but eventually you know they get to that fourth down, go for it. They could have kicked the field goal to. The, you know, go up seven total to go for it and don't even run it. They pass it to one DJ Chark who was open just right off the bat. Pretty wide open. Pretty wide open. Catches it. Ball game season. They, I think, immediately did the Jair Alexander uh, <laughs> type move. What is that field. that you just did? I'm not going to repeat it, but we've all heard the noise that Jair. It's a noise. Made. So you made a hand motion too. I wasn't sure. Well, that's part of what, I mean, that's I, what they do. I respect, like, I would do that. He's a very. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah, visual player. So to fuck with him, I mean, you know, can't hate on the Lions for doing that. I'm so confused. What happened? What did I miss? The Jair celebration, the thing he's done all year. Yeah, so when they like got the first the down, in. they mocked him by doing his celebration. Oh, well, yeah, but that's sorry. What Jair what, does to every other yes. wide receiver he's covering. What you did did not look like a sword. I holstered a sword. I think it's actually something else, but I thought my noise was pretty spot on for the noise. I guess I, guess I, guess I, I don't, don't hear the what noise, noise a lot. Like, yeah, I don't know if I see announcers say, oh, and Jair. If you can't hear it, but we're here at the field, he goes okay. when he's doing that. Okay. You know? I guess you guys aren't as big as there's been a lot, all his post game. Well, I, I didn't go to a game this year, so that's probably all his post game interviews that everyone talks about. He's doing that at the <laughs> oh, end of it. Okay. Okay. But yes, nice, nice little hot, uh, hot end of <laughs> pick six for the year. Uh, Casey didn't know that. Yeah. Once again, Packers lose twenty to sixteen. The season is over. They finish with a losing record, eight and nine. Let's let's jump right in with the offense. Um, I don't know. Just starting things off. I don't know what this offense is still. We went through the whole season, and it really does bad. just feel like it. Yeah, not it's good. Bad. Very, very average in just about any stat you look at. It really does feel like that it's just the offense we've had previous years, but without Devontae Adams, and they really had no answer for how to replace the Devontae Adams type plays. Well, more than an answer or a wrong answer, I think they came up with a wrong answer, but it's like they didn't even write anything down. Like, <laughs> there was just blank, you know? Yeah, well, I think it was filled with shotgun, with all the shotgun plays and A.G. Sure. Dillon, and yeah. I don't know. We even got rid of, I mean, early on in the year, I didn't hate seeing, you know, the Romeo dubs, like screens and just wide receiver screens like that, but we went away from that more and more. And even the jet sweep stuff, I mean, we've been talking about it too, like, Christian Watson on the jet sweeps in this game too, very successful with it, but he only did it twice. I don't know why we wouldn't run him more I think with I it. I speak for the public when I say I'm shocked that Sammy Watkins did not fill the Devontae Adams void. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then on top of it too, the red zone offense absolutely abysmal. We're just about any red zone stat you look at, the Packers were worst in oh, the league. Horrible. Least amount of touchdowns, uh, percentage wise, and again, it makes sense with how this. <laughs> How the game ended, the if the Packers could have converted in the red zone against the Detroit Lions, they would have made the playoffs. You look at the game in Detroit, Rodgers had three picks in the red zone. Um, Were they all in the red zone? Yep, and then he had the turnover on downs that he threw, or sorry, that it was picked off by Hutchinson, the one to David Bakhtiari, and then in this game too, if you just yep. could have you know, converted on that first series when we got down to the five-yard line, uh -huh. 
would could have won this game too. So it's it it was a problem all year, specifically against the Lions now too, and that it ended our season. So I don't want to blame. I'm I'm wondering how different the Lions would have played and or like less risky in some of those positions too, if they were battling for a playoff spot. Like would they not go on it, go for it on their own thirty on fourth down and four, like in that first quarter? You know what I mean? Like is that who the Lions? I'm saying like. Because, you know, they weren't playing for anything playoff-wise. Yeah. So had they been, could that have affected the outcome of the game in that the Lions would have played a little bit more conservative instead of going for uh, it here or there? I, I don't know. Even Pe- like that last play, you kick a field goal? I No, I don't know. Pe- I don't know. People have brought that up, but I it's still even... I'm Aaron Nagler was saying it too. Like a Dan Campbell coach team, no matter if the, if they're alive or not like they're going to come ready well to no play. that's exactly what you're saying that what even is different not only ready but are, did they try a few more risky plays because maybe but they were already out of contention the lions have always been like this okay they always do these kind of plays and all against the vikings too, sure they ran trick plays okay. and all that's that what I, so. that's what i was wondering like yeah. that pass back you've seen it where they like yeah they the flea flicker it, yeah, yeah yeah just some some stuff that is yeah, unconventional a classic little pass back yeah. yeah uh moving on aaron Rodgers. <sighs> I mean, a typical uh, do-or-die game for Aaron Rodgers with in the uh, Matt LaFleur era. Finished uh, 17 for 27, 205 yards, the one touchdown, one pick. He was sacked twice. But Yeesh, not very good. Once again, I mean, twice he took sacks to force longer field goals in this game. Throwing the deep ball, I mean, God, especially watching it and being there live, he had the that throw to Jones, Aaron Jones in the corner going left to right that should have been picked off. He had, yeah. You know, he had the corner and there was just, it was like a Jordan Love, like way too much air under it. Obviously the pick at the very end, the pick that came back for the hands of the face. There was a couple yeah. other just balls off just a little well, he, bit. Even that first one where he could, where he was looking like he was going to run it in the red zone. He was running out to the right and he threw it to, AJ Dillon yeah. was way behind him. Way behind him. I don't. I don't think he. A lot of people were pissed that he didn't run that. I don't think he would have made it. No, there was two had guys com- in his face. You yes. can't yes. deke them both with the pump fake. From yes. the angle I was watching, at least, it felt like if he committed, he could have got there. But that he would have had to commit early. Angle. Yeah, right. And right. He, Earlier on, yeah. committing and going for it. But you know, yeah. that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, he had a couple good balls too. It's funny, like the one to Tony the Romeo. To, the, yeah, the one to Tony to pick up the first was perfect, and then Romeo. It was. Romeo didn't have his hand or his head around, and it was it's just perfect. It was it still perfect. hit him in the hands when he was running. Was Unbelievable. So he still got it. But those are the things where you're like, he throws those balls, and you're like, what is going on? And then the the next play, just a dime in yes. tight coverage to Romeo on the run. It's like, what a, what's going on here? Consistency. Like, I mean, he's right? horribly That's... inconsistent. And then you've got you pair that with receivers that are inconsistent too, and it's just it's a disaster. Yep. Yep. Uh, Speaking of that, moving on to the running backs, Aaron Jones, 12 carries, 48 yards, a 4.0 average. A.J. Dillon, 9 carries, 33 yards, 3.7 yard average. Aaron Jones did also have the three receptions for 20. A.J. Dillon uh, had none because he dropped or wasn't able to catch all of them that came his way. But yeah, not a great game running the ball. The offensive line really didn't do them any help either. Aaron Jones' fumble was obviously huge. Another thing I don't like looking at the snaps after Aaron Jones played 33 snaps to A.J. Dillon's 31, which is 55 and 52% of the snaps, respectfully. I mean, Aaron Jones is just still always the guy I want out there. And again, in a do-or-die game, I don't know why you essentially had 
a 50-50 split. I understand that he fumbled, but fuck, man. I just, it's been a thing all year. And once again, for that to happen, brutal. The uh, the miss horse collar call, I feel like no no player gets missed face masks and horse collars more than Aaron Jones. Yeah. Kind of a makeup call after that because they had the holding on the plate too. I feel um, like it's a product of his run style. He's always like contorting his body to get another half a yard. And right. it's like, they can't really, the, I feel like the ref can't really tell if he's being pulled down from behind, if he's like yeah, dolphin well, diving. like Every what, single time. Right. All the time. Yeah. it's uh, a, I mean, it's amazing. He gets more yards, but it's like, I don't. Like we've said before, it, it's so painful. He makes them all look so damn painful when he gets it to. He's just a very loosey goose body. I you know guess. who else I feel like makes it look painful? AJ Dillon. When he gets hit, I'm like, how does a big guy get hit so hard that's, all the time? That's the thing. What? Like change, just change direction slightly when they're coming to hit you, and like, yeah, make a miss. You don't have to make just glancing blows, not directly into them. Does he just like train right at them? Like I don't. I, don't, know, like, I guess I haven't noticed. I don't, I don't know if it's a lack of like. I, I don't want to say vision, but like and like just I, like make them chip you. I think like, I think there is a lack of vision with him. Not just not just running the ball, but like blocking. Or is too, he like just like I'm game. just? It's like an not. I don't want to say like ego in a bad way, but like confidence. Like I'm gonna run through everybody, but you're <laughs> but you're not. Well, it's weird too because he like he doesn't run like a big back either. Like he doesn't right. run behind his pads. It's very strange and. I don't know. This is for how much talk there was with Aaron Rodgers regressing this year, and there was a ton of that. A.J. Dillon, more than anyone else, I feel like really, really regressed. He had that nice spot for like six games in the third quarter of the season. But God, again, it's like he'll break tackles upfield like to get a first down or something. But can you remember him ever breaking a tackle in the backfield? Because I really can't. He has to, ha- yeah, not he has really. to be running downfield and, and or downhill. Like, down he- I feel like too, like I, we see this anytime he gets like down the sidelines, a safety will come across and just deplete him. Mm-hmm. It's like he's just running straight up and down, and when yeah. he gets hit from the side, he just he just like a giant tree it's, just it, falls straight over. We saw him trip over against the Dolphins, I think, too. That little shoelace tackle yep. where he could have scored. And yeah, I don't know. It's like I think back to Eddie mm-hmm. being. I mean, like okay, like the last big back that can move, right? And AJ Dillon can move. Like when he gets. Pass the linebackers, he's a force, right? Like gets into the second level and the third level. Yep. He's fun to watch, but it's like you get a linebacker that meets him in the hole. It is not he's winning that I feel like 50-50 or less. Or he's like big uh, yeah, you're like you're saying he's big against like a safety, but these backs are bigger yeah. than him and they're just tumbling him well, over. That, that's back to what it is. And the backfield is getting hit by the defensive lineman when he's running through, you right. know, for the Which though they're big boys, but like I feel like Eddie Eddie Lacy in the backfield, not, I mean, not a powerful guy. I mean, not, sorry, he is powerful, but he's not like top end fast or anything, not Aaron Jones quickness. Yeah. But, like, he wasn't, that wasn't happening. He'd spin out of it. Eddie, shit a guy. Eddie like, never made it look like he was getting like overpowered unless, never. It, unless it was like multiple people taking him down. Yes. Yeah. And again, just, I don't know it, what it is, but it's, it's weird watching a power back run like that. Yes. Uh, and to put a cap on the season, too, once again, I just hate running out of shotgun. We did convert on fourth doing it, too, but I, I even watched, I'm such a loser. I even rewatched like the game and charted um, oh. how many yards they got out of shotgun and not out of shotgun when running the ball with both Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon and each of them. They both had a couple decent runs out of shotgun, but both of them had half a yard less per carry out of shotgun than they did out of the normal eye formation. Well, they got to run two extra sure. yards, too, you know? I mean, yeah. So no, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, you're right. Uh, moving on, the wideouts. Obviously, Christian Watson, five receptions, 
104 yards, no touchdowns. He also had two two runs for 12 yards, which we probably should have done a little bit more. But, yeah, I mean, he had the pass interference play, too. It feels like he's open on just about every play. And, again, I mean, we should have ran more jet sweeps with him instead I of feel like Watching him in this game, was that was like the highlight of the game for me just because he wasn't just running down the field in a straight line. He was catching the ball, you know, on the sideline, comebacks, mm-hmm. crossing routes. Like, oh, like this is actually fun to watch him be, you know, like the guy to go to in different situations, not just deep ball. Yeah, even that last drive, and I'm like, you know, I'm at the game, and I'm like, this is this is why I'm here. It, it the Packers are down four points. There's five minutes left in the game. Yep. Aaron Rodgers is getting the ball, and then I'm like, cool. This is this could be really cool. E- either way, I have this situation. And that first series, there was a third and two, and it was a little throw out to Christian Watson. They blocked for him. He picked it up. I'm like, cool. Okay, we're getting him involved. This is yep. all going to be good. And then I believe that was the last. I believe that was the last, the last reception completion. of the season. Yeah. yeah. So not as good. Um. Alan Lazard, he played in the game as well. Uh, four receptions, 41 yards, had the touchdown. Um, I mean, I don't want to talk too much future stuff. He's been a great story, but even listening to him post game, it sounds like he will be gone after this year. Um, is his contract up? Yes, his okay. contract is up. He was on a uh, tender. I think he got like two point something million this year. So he's looking to. Do you know about Cobb? Is his contract up too? Cobb's contract is up as, okay. as well. Yes, but. Uh, yeah, Ellen Lazard, again, I mean, we talked too much about the jet sweep sh- shit. Um, <laughs> so Watson ran for five and ran for seven on his, and Ellen Lazard ran for negative two and zero on his two two jet sweeps of the entire season. So real good uh, real good thinking there from the offensive uh, coaching staff, which we don't need to make I, any th- It boggles my mind that they did the, okay, do it the first time. Like trying to trick him, maybe like yeah, he he hasn't got it all year. I understand. I understand people. that idea, and then they did it again, and I was like, "What am I missing?" Yeah, I Why? I don't know. I wish there was more. I mean, you don't want to ask pointed questions like that play, that play, but God, that was such a fucking stupid play. Romeo Dubs, really bad drop on third and seven, like we talked about. Bad drop down the sideline too on that perfect ball that Rogers threw. It's like he has really, really bad games. I do feel like he's almost like a big back, like Lacey or A.G. Dillon sometimes, where it's like you just need to get him involved yeah, early to get that confidence up. And it feels like they didn't really go to him until... Start him out with a screen pass. Yeah. And him on a slant. That's what we did earlier then, this year when like Sammy and uh, Christian were out. Like yeah. He was the featured guy. Just and do he that caught the balls bit. regularly. Like he was, yeah. it built, like you said, built up that confidence. And it feels like they're maybe using Watson... Not because he doesn't need his confidence anymore. Like he's got, yeah. he's the guy, right? So on those, you know, second and five or whatever, yeah, throw some to dubs and and just get some of those little grabs in to so hey, I can do this and it's not so cold. Uh, that's the thing too, because with this offense, I've been saying it all year, but and God, I don't remember the snap counts either. But it was always Cobb, Lazard, Watson, and I'd rather see Dobbs out there. I know that was kind of a win now game, and Rogers trust Lazard, but. That is what I'm looking for in the future because I'm just kind of done with Lazard being, you know, the pseudo tight end receiver of this. Seems offense. like the Packers are too. So. Yeah, hopefully Lazard made kind of made that clear. He doesn't expect to be back, right. which was kind of weird to hear too. Uh, Cobb, possibly his last game in Green Bay, had the two receptions. Uh, how many yards? It was eleven yards. Walking off with Aaron Rodgers after the game, very you know emotional, all that stuff. Kind of a not a. We'll see what happens with both of those guys, but. That uh, 2018 year, uh, we have that. We've seen that picture of Randall Cobb crying on the sideline during the national anthem, and 
Rodgers hugging him. So for this game, at least, which could potentially be their last games, nice to see them, you know, both healthy, I guess. Rodgers got knocked out of that game, concussed in 2018. So I don't know, sympathy, you know, apathy. Comment a little bit on the way they walked down the tunnel, though. Like hand in hand almost, or, or you know, arm in arm <laughs> yeah, or whatever like, you have you. That's like middle school awkward to have like your arm around your girlfriend and then like walk down. The, like that's such an well, awkward way so to walk. At but. the end of the game, the reporters were saying, you know, the questions, right? And I, someone said to Rogers, can I have your jersey? Oh, no, he, yeah. It wasn't a reporter. Yeah, it was the Lions reporter? player. Oh, okay, okay. A and reporter he, did not ask sorry, him for whatever. I'm sorry. Well, well, the reporters were talking. Okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he said, actually, I think I want to keep this one. So uh, immediately I'm thinking, oh, he's going to retire or this is his last game because he would it would be a significant jersey yes. for him. Yes. Obviously, that could change. But yeah. That was my initial reaction. Yeah. Everyone was saying that post game, like immediately right after the game. I look on Twitter and I'm leaving the stadium. Everyone's like, oh, my God, he didn't give Jameson Williams the jersey. And it's like if he if he gave him the jersey, then we would know Rodgers is coming back. And then Rodgers wouldn't be able to enjoy all the attention he's going to get over the next few weeks. Here. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, do you think he's thinking about it like that in uh, the moment? A, really? A billion percent. The oh. other. So the other thing that pisses me off uh, post game. So like you said, you just explained what happened there. Um, the reporters asked him about it and he didn't say what his answer was, but his answer was ridiculous. He said so, along the lines of, you know, Sunday night game at Lambeau division. You know, these are special games, um, you know, play, playing at La, at Lambeau at night, divisional opponent week 17. It's a big game. So this is a special jersey. I want to save this jersey and give it to someone else. It's like, dude, shut the fuck up. Okay, we know you're going back and forth with if you're going to come yeah, back or not. Right. And that's the reason why you kept the jersey. Don't fucking lie to us. He obviously and tell us you're playing yeah. the Lions and you want to keep this jersey. Yeah, that obviously was a little bit of BS and he could have just I th I feel like he could have just said this might be my last game. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And you still get the point across that you were trying to like get of like yep. cuz cuz I feel like there is potentially like if you're Aaron and you watched Favre almost retire five times. Yes, you don't. I don't think you want to be that guy. There's a stigma. Like, yeah, right, like people you turn on you and almost and he, hate you. He is. He is that guy a little no, bit because he's not saying I'm retiring. I'm not retiring. As far as the public knows, he hasn't. Retired. He hasn't said it. But, but like, okay, these last two or three years, it's been like we can say that. But I think that's that's such a over the top. Brett Favre literally retired twice. <laughs> That's what I said. Franchises yeah. had to make moves. <laughs> and he came back. You know, Aaron Rodgers is just him and him. Yeah. He's going to tell us before March. <clears throat> well, True. he said, yeah. I just need a, a little bit of time to, to yeah, take the emotion out of it. He said the and same I'll thing you know. last year. It, sure. It, it's well, going saying. to be. I can guarantee you we're not going to get an answer this week. We're not going right. to get one next okay. week. It's going to be a couple weeks. <laughs> I bet it's after the Super Bowl before we Well, he's got a two-year yeah. contract. He's coming. My money says he's coming back next year. It I would it, I would think so too. It is funny because it does. I mean, you could definitely make the argument that it's a little bit for attention. Always, it always is. It's like the what is the what is the quote? Sixty percent of the time, it works every yes. time. That's yeah. like Rogers being, you know, Him attracted to attention. Yeah. Tight end, not a ton to talk about. Tunyon, I mean, he had a decent game, one of his better games, I guess, since you know his coming back from the ACL tear. Season three catches, uh, twenty nine yards, really nice. Really nice catch on the third down. The weird one on the last drive, I think, when they tried to get him in space and he just like fell in the middle of the field. Like he's not really good at making space in the middle of the field. Uh, 
<laughs> and Josiah DeGuara only 14 snaps. Wish we used him more. Yeah, was blocking. he was he injured this week? What, what he, happened? So he was injured going into the game in one practice. Uh, he, he didn't practice one right. game or one one day, and then before practice the next day, Matt said, "Yeah, Matt uh, DeGuara is banged up. I'm not sure how he'll be." And then he practiced an hour later, and then played no injury designations. So. I don't know. Weird. Yeah. Uh, offensive line. Pretty, pretty bad game for the offensive line. I think our, our boy Jake Morley tweeted this out. Not one Packer offensive lineman with an above average grade against the Detroit Lions per oh. pro football focus. Not even Bakhtiari. Not even Bakhtiari somehow, which Interesting. I mean, he was okay, I guess. But uh, And Yash in this game got pulled in the first half. Zach Tom came in. I don't know if that was so much an injury thing or a play thing. Yeah, Yash was getting worked by... Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Uh, and then, depending on what happens with Bach, I think there's a really good chance in the future here we're going to have a competition on the whole right side of the offensive line, center, right guard, right tackle. Because we have we have all those pieces there with Josh Myers, Runyon, um, uh, Yash, uh, Zach Tom, and if Sean Ryan ever wants to become a guy, uh, Caleb Jones, who is the undrafted rookie, who's an absolute mountain. So we'll see on that, but I don't know how much we want to talk about the offense. Maybe number here. fifty finds his his home in the middle of the field. It'll be fun to see that in training camp. Who's getting snaps at center and who's getting snaps at tackle and guard? Because it would be kind of funny to see. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if it's like David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Zach Tom, uh, Josh Myers, and then Yash Nyman at right tackle or something. So I don't know. Yeah, dude, is any does Josh have any experience playing guard? I believe so. I think he only played center the one year at Ho- oh, at okay. Ohio State before getting drafted. Because he's like he's a big dude. He like he's kind of a mauler that's, size wise. That's anyway. kind of the issue with him being at center that people are like he can't really move or bend as well as he needs to. I mean, he's like fucking like we've said before, like six five. He's big dude. He's way too big to be playing center. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what I got for the offense. You guys got anything else to add in there, Andrew? No? Not on the offense, no. Okay. No, the offense sucks. I don't know. I have I mean, a whole lot to mediocre. say about it. It is a mediocre it. offense. I'm not going to go is ahead and it? say it sucks. It's a, yeah, it's, it's I'm absolutely guys, the worst you, one. I've you guys seen. keep using present tense. It was. It was. It's gone. It's, it's gone. Over. We don't it's have to watch never have no that more, offense again. And we do not know what it's going to be. <laughs> that offense was mediocre. I think if you looked at like the overall stats of everything, yep. it is dead center. Yes. Is it actually? Which is not playing material. Pretty much. If though. you look at stats, like offense or defense, everything's like 17th. Everything, it seems like. Like, really? when you, like I'm just going to say, like if you go and make like a lineup against that position, like playing points against or whatever, and like fantasy, it will be the yeah, between like 12 and 18. <laughs> yes. From experience. Okay. Well, and relative, yes, to what I'm used to seeing, sucked. Oh, yes. for sure. And the red zone was the red zone had we had to have been last. Yes, no, I that's said, where I we, said that earlier. Yes, okay. we were the worst. Yes. So when it matters, so we sco- suck. maybe scoring, we're just horrible. Yeah, that's and that's what offense is. I don't know if you know that. Ben, don't break offense. There you go. And with that, commercial. All right, and we are back with the defense. Um, defense started hot and kind of just. Faded away as the game went on. It was one of those two, like being at the game. It, it was, it was. You could feel the energy at the beginning with the, the cool. They have a new like intro thing that they're doing, the national anthem, and Lambo was loud, and it did seem like it just slowly petered, like more than the offense, because obviously you're, dude, it fucking pissed me off so much. At one point, some a go pack go started in like the third quarter when we were on offense, and immediately everyone was like, shh. They mentioned it on the broadcast. They were like, these fans are so excited, but it seems like there's a lot of new fans because 
like literally the broadcast was like half the fans are shushing. Yes. Like, it's like shushing <laughs> yes. the other fans. Like be like, quiet you when your team that? is on offense. Do you remember? Yes. Yeah. Yes. They were like, they, I can't remember what exactly they said, but it was something of that effect. I was in my seat, roll 47. Like there's not a lot of people behind me and I'm like, come on, dude, go <laughs> fucking don't do this. But yeah. Um, but yeah, as it went on, it, it really did seem like the defense is like feeds off the energy and then they just kind of stopped, stopped doing what we really wanted them to do. Uh, but yeah, still don't like the defense, but I mean, shit, giving up 20 points isn't the worst for Joe Barry. But again, both uh, fourth and shorts coming up and being being passes where it's Aaron Nagler brought up a really good point this week, too, where he <laughs> he's half joking, but also there's like some some truth to it. He thinks Joe Barry's defense on like those third downs where we're always playing safe zone shit is because the defense is going up against Aaron Rodgers in practice. And in those situations, that's where Aaron Rodgers goes deep is in these like, <laughs> you know, the fourth and ones, fourth and twos going a little deeper than he should. Obviously, it's a bit of a okay, joke. But, but who but runs the scout team? Right. It, right. It's exactly. not, it, not Aaron. That's not how practice is actually. That can't. I it's, mean, it's, I get it. I get it. It's but funny. if that's who he's planning against, fuck. Yeah. Uh, starting things off on the defense, secondary. Razul Douglas, I don't know. The what, the penalty was weird. Uh, was that the clothesline? No, no, I didn't even see that at the game, obviously. But no, during the field goal attempt when he came up, got the ball, and then punched the dude in the face. It <laughs> seems like they didn't... Sh I, did they show that yeah. on TV? It sounded they, like they, they didn't. I wanted to see it so badly, and they kept replaying up to the point where the guy oh, yeah. the guy behind him pushes him and then he turns around and faces him and like then they cut. Yep. And it's like I just want to see it. Like just let me I'd want to see what happened. It was like a little slap too. Yeah, yeah he didn't yeah. I mean obviously super dumb. Like it, why are you doing that? Don't do that. It's I, a playoff game. Yeah, don't do what that. What the fuck are you doing? Yes. Very I mean I understand what he was doing when the guy cuz after the game yeah. Razul uh said what what his intentions were were to go up cuz uh, Bagley, the kicker, had already missed in that direction, so he didn't want him because the Packers had already called a timeout yeah. to get a free kick yep. to you know, get his bearings straight, so Razul went up there to try to stop him. Yeah. Well, something that made it a little bit more easy rather than getting a free kick to attempt is uh, 15 <laughs> yards closer, which ended up happening because he socked a dude in the face. Oh, but, that was so bad. Yeah. Like, I get the point of not wanting him to kick. It was weird, but like I un at least I understand where he's coming from. But then to get pushed and turn around and slap the guy in the face... You, you're the only guy. Everyone's looking at you. You just knock the, the ball out of the snapper's hands. Like you got to be kind of an adult at some point in time. Like I get you're playing a game. Just, emotions are high, yeah. but it's embarrassing. The, and, yeah, and the I decision think, making. And I think discipline. A lot of this, I hate to push. I, I love to push blame. A lot of this comes down to leadership on that defensive side. And I want to talk more about that when we get into other players because there's a lot more that get yeah. to get into. But it it all is connected. You know, it's like I just you watch something and if it, it is one bad apple. Or if all the apples are fucking rotten, that there's something wrong with your tree. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It it seems like there's been a lot more, and it's funny because post game Matt Lafleur said that he takes like personal penalties, like those personal fouls, yep. very personally. And it's like, dude, I feel like there's been more this year than I can ever remember. I watched Matt Lafleur react to that. My dad is a high school hockey coach. My dad gets more mad at <laughs> girls on the ice and says more like screaming vulgar. You know, he gets more animated and and angry at stupid penalties. Matt LaFleur pointed at his head and said, play smart. <laughs> like, like that is, these are adults. You know what I mean? Like yeah. have some, they're not fragile four-year-olds. What, 
that's not acceptable I, stuff. I do. I wonder what has happened behind the scenes as well, because I know like his first year, and I don't think he's gotten less strict or anything. Maybe you know, look, he has more responsibilities now that he's trying to overtake where other things are getting pushed to the side. But like his first year taking over, like players would be fined if they slipped at Lambeau during a play because you need to have better cleats on you know sure. like players got fined for that so i do wonder like i think back to against the bears when jair alexander flipped off the fans while walking off the field and matt like came up and talked to him it's like i hope that some of these guys are getting fined behind the scenes because you can do that without you know no one actually i think a player disclosed that they were fined for the cleat thing but shit like that i mean quay too it happened against buffalo I guess since we're into it now, it happened against right. Buffalo where he pushed the practice squad player. Pretty fucking funny. Like I saw. Was some... it a coach? No. And no. Buffalo was a practice squad player. Okay. It was but... uh, un unsuited up practice squad oh, player. This was okay. an athletic trainer who yeah. got pushed. It's funny because it was literally like just two stupid pushes, and that one uh, whatever guy on on Twitter is like at he's like. Quay Walker, he has displayed this before. He should be suspended for a full year. It's like we've seen much more aggressive, violent, terrible plays on the field against other players. Right. Like Razul punched a dude in the face and he got to keep playing. Okay. You know what I mean? It's like I understand that these guys need to be more level-headed, especially Quay's the first player to get ejected from uh, tw or twice in a season in 15 years. Wow. But it's it's like how do you let that happen again? Okay. Yes, how do you let it happen again? But also, like, dude. I'm sure this has been said a hundred times of all weeks. We yes. just saw yes. this whole big thing happen last week. Personal trainers, uh, you know, medical staff getting on the field is important. Obviously, yes. it was just a leg injury. The guy, not just, you know, but get out of the way. And he's doing his job. He's not suited up. He's not a, a beast guy who works out all day. Well, every do, day. Do you, what are you doing? Did you hear the rationale behind it? Which does make some sense. Um, DeAndre Swift who was the injured player. He played for Georgia. Yep. He's buddies with. Quay and Devondre can't or uh, uh, Devonta Wyatt, so they so Quay was you know kind of close to him because he was like, damn, my buddy's hurt. And then the trainer came by and like you know brush kind of pushed by him out of the way, pushed sure. him a little bit. So then Quay pushed him back, and then like you could tell he, he knew right away. Yeah, in the tunnel, he wasn't pissed that he got kicked out. He's like, fuck, I did it again, and yeah. he kind of apologized. I, for and it he actually like released. I don't know if you saw like today's yes. Twitter. He's like, he's been talking to that personal trainer. Like, I feel like if anyone feels bad, he feels bad. It's yes. these hot headed moments. Yeah. But you have to, if you know you got players that are hot headed, work with them, get them to yes. calm down in the heat of the moment. But beyond that, I also want to pick out. It was I don't remember the guy's name. I don't know who it was. I think it was ninety or ninety three. It was Wyatt. Yes, the guy so, who, so that who I was just talking also about. Also kind of bumped, bumped into him, him. Yes. and it's like it's like a goon squad out there. It's embarrassing. It was it was shitty behavior. There you go. That shouldn't happen in yes. a professional organization that I want to be proud of. Yeah, it's weird. Like I'm fine with that stuff sometimes if you're a good defense. If you're going to if you want to intimidate do it to teams. other players, other teams, not medical well, staff sure, that's not yes. suited Quaid, up. Quaid that is does. where my problem comes. I mean, quit. I don't Quaid, know. Quay annihilates people. Quaid, I feel like that kid plays with a ton of emotion. I, like yes. I maybe this is more of like a boomer take from me, but like football is a physical, emotional game. For sure. Yes. And like, I don't know. I just I, I feel bad for him a little bit too because like he felt bad immediately. Yes. And and like he he's apologized better than any apology you could ask for. His tour, not, you know, apology tour, but he came out publicly, said it was wrong ten times, sounded like he wrote it, not anyone else. It was clearly yes. not like PR. Good apology. Yes. But Go on. I just feel bad for him. I just, it's like, I obviously did the wrong thing. He didn't hurt anybody. Yes. Like nobody was in, like I, the, they, people 
online just so like <laughs> blowing it out of proportion. Well, it's like, well, I you get would, it. He did the wrong thing. You would think he choke slammed someone in a WWE move with some of the shit Twitter's that's, saying. That's what's so well, funny. It's, it, it's a very violent game. They're tackling people. And even after plays, you know, players like they'll push them yes. a little late. And then he was, it was a violent play. And then someone, pu- he pushed them back and he was like, oh, fuck. It was a trainer. <laughs> you know, like that's pretty much what happened. Right. Sure immediately. It's like, if, oh my God. Hopefully I don't get kicked out. Of, oh, okay. I'm yeah, if not out. a trainer, I think the situation is nothing right like oh, 100%. literally oh yeah it it's, doesn't yeah. even get talked about no i yes. mean no at all yeah it wouldn't it would be nothing but i don't yeah i don't know feel bad for him i i hope he doesn't make those stupid plays they're still stupid we they're said that in dumb. buffalo we'll see it's it's weird because like you said too i like that he's playing with emotion i think that's something this yeah. defense needs and he's very aggressive with it too but it's like okay we gotta find some type he's of also a rookie right i mean yes. give him a little bit yeah, of time to come into his skin 22 22 yeah. i mean he's 22 years old like yes. when i was 22 you're gonna make worse some things than <laughs> yeah. push someone yeah, what what tattoo do you have on your back andrew i was actually 25 okay. so really really what, he's what, got what three you, years to grow have, what do you have tattooed on your back <laughs> yeah you know what it says celebrate for nothing okay um i often Forget, Ford, a number? Uh, it's actually spelt out okay incorrectly f-o-u no i'm just kidding it's F-O-R. <laughs> but um it's funny because i completely forget i have it because i like to think i'm a reasonable person now and then i'll be like in a buddy's pool or in a hot tub <laughs> and someone will randomly yell like celebrate for nothing loser and i'm like oh fuck yeah that's me <laughs> uh speaking of losers darnell savage played 100 of the snaps on defense I, th- I think some people said he had a bounce back game but are we that- calling him i feel like he's played way better He's he's played better, Way better, sure, but the two plays there he had a terrible. I was livid at Lambo. There was the deep um, touchdown that the Lions had that got called back for the hands and face or whatever it was. Yeah, Darnell Savage had that ball in his hands and he did not pick True. it off. It was an yep. incredibly easy interception. Did yep. not catch it. The very next play after we get the gimme, it's third and ten. He is there. Him and Razul can tackle the running back who just had a little yeah. pass. Didn't back-to-back plays. You make one of those plays. It's a different game because you know they it, the way that series. I mean, went. You're you're yeah you're beating up on him pretty hard on a play that got called back on a penalty and then when but if he catches it if he picks it off 100%. it's a pick. No, you're right. But he aside from those two plays. He did. He has played way better these last three weeks since he's been kind of a box safety slash slot. He has played way better. Yeah, no, he's and he had some splash plays too. But he had he had the tackle for loss, which was fine. Later on in the four, third or fourth quarter, yeah, that he, was a nice play. He had a pass. He had a pass defended on Amon Ra. It was great. But then on third and five, you watch him. They sent they sent Amon Ra in motion in the backfield. Darnell is following him. He slows up. Amara keeps running. Just they snap the ball. Yeah. Keeps running. Gets wide open on third yep. and five. Catches it. It's all Savage's yeah, fault. I, do I don't that. like. I do not like Darnell Savage. He's going to be on the team next year. Can't wait for it. Rudy Ford also had a pretty bad play on the deep bomb. He not, got he got torched. Not the best position because it really is just him and that one guy. It's, that's almost a play where you want Savage back there because of the speed yes. of like Rudy. Just it just it looked like. When you have your Wisconsin safety back there, and then you're playing against Clemson, and yeah, it's like he yeah. got torched. Yeah, no, that's that's very fair. Uh, moving on, inside linebacker Quay, he was probably having the best game of his career. Uh, someone, I'm sure, several people uh, pointed this out. He needed eight tackles to have the rookie record for tackles uh, for Packer player. He finished the game with seven, seven mm, tackles. Wow, yeah. would have for sure broken which is, it, which is one off of the record. Seven, only one. If you yep. do the math, hang on, carry. Yep. 
Yeah, works out crazy. Um, outside linebacker, not a ton of pressure in this game. Only the one sack, and it came from Wyatt. Uh, JJ Nagbari had his snaps reduced quite a bit. Preston Smith needed one and a half sacks to get a one and a half uh, million dollar bonus. Hollins was fine too, but why did JJ have snaps reduced? Any? I don't know. He only played fifty five percent of the snaps, I believe. So I guess it, and maybe it's just Hollins coming on stronger, but he. Yeah, JJ played a little bit less this week. Sure. Okay. That offensive line for the Lions was really good. Yeah, especially like, the tackles. Really good. That was the part. And we knew that going in that the tackles really good in interior, a little more suspect. But yeah, yeah not the best. And Devonta Wyatt, again, first sack of the season. Uh, I didn't realize being there that Goff fumbled it too. Had no idea because it was just really a sack. Like he literally just dropped the ball and picked it back up. But I guess uh, I didn't even remember that. But, yeah. yeah. I don't think they spent much time on it. In, yeah. No, in the I mean, it didn't really matter anyways. Um, but yeah, overall defense not not the best there. Special teams, Keyshawn Nixon got banged up, but you know they did enough to slow him down. He still had a couple nice returns, the nice punt return where he picked up like fifteen. That was pretty cool. But yeah, still good. I yeah, mean, still there's never every time you watch a return from him, I'm never like, wow, you left a yard on the. He gets every single yeah. yard out of it, and it was one of his returns. He ran towards the sideline and then. Went back in and got demolished. I think that was the one that he actually fumbled he on, got, too. He got hit pretty hard on that. Yeah, his his knee was down, especially if you're watching the broadcast. You can see his knee was down. It wasn't a fumble. But he got, yeah, he got smoked. lit up. Yes, smoked. Just like the season, which is over. It is over. Do you guys have anything else to talk about on uh, defense or special teams here? Not about the players, no. <laughs> no. Okay, well, perfect. No, I don't think so, yeah. With that, we'll talk about not the players in Take News. Football time. Take news. All right, take news for the week. Uh, it's gonna not a very good week for the for the Packers uh, on the field and even behind the scenes. I'm starting to have my own little questions about the nice lovey-dovey relationship between Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I don't want to sound like one of those national NFL talking heads, but I do think there might be some drama starting up between Matt and Aaron. First, to uh, we'll get into it here. There was a lot of things said post-game, both Sunday and Monday at the season-ending press conference with Matt LaFleur. So first, to set a baseline, get things started, here is a clip. This is Matt LaFleur last year after losing to the 49ers in the divisional round. Uh, if he wants Aaron Rodgers back. I'm wondering what, if any, effect you think the ending of this season has on uh, your chances of having Aaron Rodgers back next year. Uh, you know, I don't know, Dan. Um, certainly, we want him back here. Um, I think we'd be crazy not to want him back here. He's, he's going to be the two-time MVP. I mean, this guy is, does so much for our football team. Not only what you guys see on on Sundays or or every game day, but what he does in that locker room, how he leads. Um, you know, I just I know what he puts into this thing. So very clearly, Matt wants him back and talks about his leadership, about his play, the stuff he does behind the scenes, all that good stuff. Um, so uh, I don't know if I if I said this. There's going to be a few clips here, but I just want to make sure everyone gets the full context of what's been said the last few days. So 
first. Now we'll go back to uh, Matt here. This is Matt LaFleur when asked if he wants Aaron Rodgers back. Well, kind of, you know, kind of hinted at it from Bill Huber at the first press conference after the game. This might sound like a preposterous question, but are you convinced that he's the guy to get you back where you want him? He didn't have the best year. He's come up short in the 49ers last year in, in this game. Yeah, I, I look at everything year to year. So um, certainly I think there was a lot of growing pains that took place throughout the course of the season, and I thought we improved and got better, and I thought the rapport with everybody got better. Um, you know, we all have this this vision of, I mean, you're talking about one of the best to ever do it. And we all have this vision of what it's supposed to look like each and every week. Um, and I think anytime you got some young players or you got new players or there's some transition, like it, it does take time. And um, certainly we got to ultimately what I got to do, what our staff has to do is we got to do a better job for our guys, put them in a better position so that, that learning curve is expedited and that we we can maintain that high level of play that we're so accustomed to seeing from him. So Matt never, you know, he doesn't speak as glowingly about Rodgers there. Sure, that's fine. But he mostly punts on the question saying, you know, there's transition going on on offense, new players, all this, uh, still a Hall of Fame player, blah, blah, blah. And says that the coaching staff needs to do better. You know, really punts on the question but never comes out and says that he wants Rodgers back. Not like he was exp explicitly asked that, but never says that. So then this is Aaron Rodgers 15 minutes after that. What do you think the offense never got going? I realize there's some new people, but I mean, you, you had your line for bulk of the season, your backs were healthy. There's a lot of things I could say, but I don't feel like saying them right here, right now. Yeah, really sounds like Rodgers either wants to go off on players who who weren't performing or more likely he didn't agree with the coaching staff or the offensive scheme for the most of the year. You know, obviously they weren't on the same page. So then there's this, <laughs> even after that, when asked about, uh, you know, the end of the game and what happened at the end of the game, they're not doing enough. Uh, those last three calls definitely... Uh Sting a little bit. Um, but uh, still got to execute. Those last three calls still sting. And are going to sting. Uh, pretty clear shot at whoever the play caller is. Uh, Todd, do you know who that is? I think, I think it's Matt. Yes, it is Matt LaFleur. Uh, so once again, Rodgers took very little blame. I don't think... I don't remember him saying like he threw bad in the presser at all. I mean, I, he obviously had a couple bad throws, but even in that presser, he very took little blame. He even brought up Devonte again, not being around. It's like, dude, it's fuck. It's almost been a year now. Um, so now after Rogers does that kind of throws Matt under the bus again, when Matt, like he's done all year has been very, you know, he takes all the blame, he takes all the blame. We've seen that way too much this year. So now this is Matt Monday after all those pressers and everything, and he probably heard what Rogers said. The one thing that I've seen from us, I would say, at in these end of the uh, game or end of the year games, is people sometimes will go outside of the their role to try to make a play, and I don't think you can ever operate that way. 
you got to focus down in and down out on doing your job and trusting that the other 10 men are going to do their jobs. Um, because when you, when you go out the outside the framework of whatever your responsibility is, typically bad things happen. And so we've got to really hone in on that. I think moving forward when we get into games like these and just, um, making sure that we maintain that focus of you don't have to play hero ball or anything like that. Just do your job. So Matt there never, never brings anyone up by name, but by not even hearing the beginning of that, who do you, who do you think he's talking about? And it was funny that he used the term hero ball. Like who, who plays hero ball? You're not thinking Al Lazard, always a hero. You're not thinking, Oh, Oh, Bakhtiari hero ball. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like that's never crossing your mind. Who else touches the ball every play? Right. Yes. And and chooses what play to run outside of their scope. Right. Yes. And, and I talked about it earlier. We talked about the last play of the game or on offense was that pick and it was in right there Matt too he said these end of year games these end of year games it was pretty much the same damn play where Aaron Rodgers decided to play hero ball and go deep last year to Devante this year to Christian Watson when he had Alan Lazard open in the middle of the field running across or obviously you know armchair quarterback here but the play is designed to go to Lazard. Those two guys out wide are going deep to open up the middle of the field. That's where the ball is going to go. Rodgers played a little bit of hero ball there. So now next, <laughs> the is this the last clip? This might be the last clip. Yeah. So to finish things off, Rodgers was, or Rodgers, LaFleur was asked point blank pretty much, do you want Aaron Rodgers back? You said that you want Aaron back from just about any way you look at it. He had his least productive season of his career. He also turns 40 next year. What have you seen to want him back and inspire belief that, that he can lead this team to where you want to go? Yeah, I think, well, I, I think there are a lot of variables in play this year. I really do. And um, sure, are there some things that he could have done better? Absolutely. Just like there's some things that I know I could have done better. And you can go right down the line to every coach, to every player. And, um, you know, there was there were a lot of new pieces in there, and it, sometimes it takes a little bit longer than others. And uh, certainly, we got to have some great conversations in, in regards to where we go with our scheme and and what it is we're going to do. Um, you know, and I, I always look forward to those, just getting everybody on the same page, making sure that we're doing what's best for us, and um, evolving. And I think that's what this game is all about. So. He says, you know, there's a lot of variables this year. Really, in just the way he starts his answer. Yeah, the, eh, well, well, well. I take it year to year and all that stuff. When last year, again, when you when you know the baseline is he wants him back. And, you know, right. the previous year, too, after we lost to the Bucks, very similar answer as well. And this year, there's a lot more qualifiers, and he doesn't really straight up say that he wants Rodgers back. He says there was a lot of transitions and all this and a lot we of need, variables and we need about. to communicate with there needs to be talk so i think lafleur didn't like the way the offense was ran this year rogers didn't like the way the offense was ran this year and now we're going to that you know split in the road and i wonder what's going to happen this offseason last year it's a lot easier for lafleur and the year before 
after you're making the playoffs, you're winning your division, and your quarterback is top four in the league. Andrew is standing say, for some reason. I am, because I'm excited <laughs> by this point. Our producers of this podcast are trying to drum up drama <laughs> that does not need to exist just to have some content for the offseason. Now, sincerely, it's easy when you have a top-tier guy who's literally the MVP to say, yeah, I want him back. Now you kind of got to justify it a little bit. So that's all LaFleur is doing, in my opinion. He's saying, look, we had some younger guys, some rookies, some things changing. It, it's not all his blame, you know, and maybe there is a little bit of tension for the shit talk that Aaron's throwing away his way and, and Matt is pissed about that. So he's kind of giving it a little bit back. But I don't take it as far as the words he's saying to mean I'm not running with Rodgers again next year or I, I don't want him back. I'm taking it to mean you know, yeah, I'm not jumping his 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 cock because it, or you know, I'm not jumping his bones. I don't know, I don't know. It I is know now. It makes yeah, sense. I'm not jumping him because he's not the MVP level he was last year. But we got a lot of new parts in our offense. Yeah. So there's there's still room to yeah. improve and grow and work together. No, that's all fair. Todd, what did you think? It could be a little bit of sending a message to your point of in you know using the media to send a little bit of a message. And I gotta say, what were the six? six videos we played there the first two i was Something like yeah like i'm that. not really getting I the know. correlation <laughs> yeah. and then like three four five and six i was like okay yeah i definitely see the tension here between the two well, and it's cl- it i think it's clearly like when matt says hey people are playing out <laughs> it's not it's <laughs> it's not christian watson deciding he's going to run a different play <laughs> Right, only, like the only other thing I could think of is Aaron Jones trying to get a couple more yards and ends. But up not that's running. play. You're the running back. You're I know play, your job. The running back, but that's gets the, full, he that's goes the forward. Only, gets, only argument I could come yeah, up with. I like, just have another question because I fully agree with everything you said. Do these adult men <laughs> in their professional top tier of their categories not know? Or have an intermediate to have a discussion? Okay. Is the media the way they're uh, using that? Okay, well, that's funny. Okay, you ready for this? You ready for this? Yeah. We got two more clips. All right, so let's play this clip here. I had this ready to go because I watched the press and I you know, kept things that were interesting. This was a question brought up about communicating with players to Matt LaFleur. How candid is this period between the head coach and young players or even maybe position coaches? You're with these guys for seven eight months every day but do you do they really open up to you is there a loyalty a trust there i hope so um you know i can't speak for everybody but i can tell you that i am going to be just i can speak for myself in this situation when i have those conversations um you know it's it's nothing but the truth at least from how i see it and uh you know guys have different ways of receiving that whether they want to whether they want to um people can get either defensive about it or they can take it to heart and understand what the intent is behind it and the intent is always to push people to be their best so yeah he's matt there he's talking about you know player talking to players and now the question uh was phrased for young players but matt seemed a lot more direct just talking about other types of communication with players like being honest and truthful. I don't think he's having very deep conversations with young players who probably aren't as important to the team, but he's talking about having honest discussions and how he's always telling the truth. Clemens there didn't ask him about like telling the truth or shit exactly, but it's he's always looking out for the best of the team and telling the truth. So now here is a question later on. I believe this is from Jason Wildey. 
that kind of brings back Aaron Rodgers and that type of communication. I asked Aaron about the interception last night, and at the end of his answer, he said, those last three calls definitely sting a little bit, but still got to execute. Um, does that mean he was unhappy with those calls? And I would say, yeah, if that's what he said, then okay. I would say that he probably didn't like the play call. Well, and you always take responsibility for that. So my question is, if he comes back, how do you two get to the optimal place of the partnership that you and him are supposed to have? Because him, that indication is uh, that sound very positive when he said that. Yeah, well, and, um, you know, I think it just comes back to communication, just making sure that we're communicating throughout the course of the game and telling him exactly what I'm thinking in those situations. And, um, you know, I don't anticipate – I don't expect – every player to love every call but at the same time I have a responsibility to to all 11 guys on the field to to pick the plays that I feel like are going to give us the best chance to have success and um, you know unfortunately um, especially that that last play really the last two plays we didn't really hold up in protection and we had two bad plays this is so you know he's talking about what communication might not have been good enough this is year four this is the fourth year with these two guys and obviously you know he could have once again pushed away you know jason asking the question about rogers being you know not agreeing with the last three calls but either way there's obviously some tension right now between matt lafleur and aaron Rodgers. and we heard today you know it's aaron Rodgers tuesday didn't happen rogers is at the facility talking to you know, the coaching staff and shit today and tomorrow, same thing as last year. But there's a lot of shit getting talked about, resolved, not resolved right now that is going to shape what the Packers team is going to be in the future here. Yeah, I, not that it's, this can't be resolved. I mean, anything can be resolved. Mm -hmm. I mean, for the situation with Goody and Rogers previously, I mean, that, yep. Yep. that seemed pretty bad yep. from the outside looking in. This... This seems pretty bad. I mean, if we're looking <laughs> I, at I it. I disagree again. Oh, the way that he's. He, Rodgers was pissed. He just lost basically a playoff game. It was 15 minutes after. But he's saying but it in the media. It, not, right. Hot headed. But, it, but it isn't. It's it, not like he pushed it a personal It isn't trainer. about Rodgers. This is about Matt. And this is year well, four. And now Matt's had enough. Matt is. Yeah, it, Matt is being getting sick. Well, it's of about time Matt's it. had enough. And here's a follow up. I think if I was Matt, I'd like to hear Matt say it's not a partnership. I'm the coach, and he's a player. He's not my partner. I lead this team, and he does the plays I call. And if he doesn't, then I'm going to get someone. Else. You know, it's okay to not threaten Aaron Rodgers. What but put do you? A little what bit what of do you think's going to happen if Matt says that? <laughs> what saying, do you think's going to well, happen? You know what I'm saying? Imagine Belichick saying, "Oh, you're partnered up." It's not a partnership. But he would never. Say, but he would never say that either. Bill Belichick would never say that. You don't he's, think he'd he ever would, say it's not a partnership? He he would never say if you're not going to do what I tell you to no, do, I'm going to find someone else. No, which is what no. You obviously, said. I'm I'm being dramatic, but. The fact that he went along with it being a partnership, and that's kind of the mentality that they're in. It's they have to agree on a play. You know, a partnership is is just that you have to agree to move forward. And I think the dynamic is affected by that because then you leave Aaron on too long of a leash, and he does believe it's an equal partnership between him and the head coach, and they have just as much say. And I love Aaron Rodgers. I'm a backing him yes. forever. But maybe there is something. You know, everyone says Lafleur is the nicest guy. Obviously, too nice given a little bit too much layaway, not not stomping his foot down when he needs to. Yeah. 
And yes. I think that is what we're seeing. That's what I take away sure. from this interview. But either way, Rodgers t- has taken like, you know, passive shots kind of all year. And this was the yeah. first time where it was like, oh, Matt's kind of pushing back. That Good. one, yeah. And the I think the comment about the last three plays, that was clearly a shot. <laughs> yes. Right? Like, I maybe not intended, but you got to think a guy that's been doing this this long, dealing with the media for that long, you don't mess that up. He's at, calculated, at, right? At yeah. 39. He's calculated. He knows what he's doing. And like... Well, especially when the headlines in Packer media every offseason for the last four years is, do LaFleur and Rodgers get along? You're going to end the season with that literal quote to tell everyone else maybe you don't get along? Yeah. I I just... I almost feel like when as we're watching these clips, and granted, like, I probably didn't... I didn't watch as many clips of press conferences back as, like, McCarthy was walking out the door. But, like, mm-hmm. I feel like this what's being said between the two, like almost taking shots at each other through media. This is worse in that aspect than when McCarthy got walked out. Rogers or sorry, McCarthy never really said anything bad. And he dealt with the media completely different too. Like he was not an open book. He had, that's the thing that's, Matt's gotten more boring. That's what you got to be. If you're, you do have to get more boring. And like, I feel like you have to like punt on these questions more in almost like a more direct way, like <laughs> just get off the freaking podium. Yeah. Because they're they're, if you don't have anything to legal, say, but. like if you don't have anything positive to say, and it's going to stir up drama. Like just get off the podium. They're contractually obliged to get up there. hundred percent. Like, questions, right? Bill Belichick. But they could answer like, yes, or that <laughs> yeah. is correct. Or we did it because we wanted to win. Well, you just have to give an answer. You don't right. have to. Give I'm here. So I don't get fined. Right. Yeah. No. Well, there are a couple funny ones uh, after one of his answers about like saying he looks at it year to year. Someone followed up and was like, do you think it's tougher to judge a quarterback's play in a year if they're like a Hall of Fame quarterback and you always, you know, that's always going to be in the back of your head? And he's like, no. And then they went on to the next question. He's like, no, I don't think so. I think that's all it was. But uh, so that's it for that uh, last clip of, oh, there's more. of the year. Oh, wow. One more. Don't worry. Not about dumb that drama. Let's get into some other Matt drama. This is what Matt said yesterday when. You know, oh. Joe Barry and the coaching staff got brought up. Oh, yeah. It's my intention to try to have everybody back. And I think continuity continuity is a big part of having success in this league. And, um, you know, when you feel good about the people, then you just you got to work to improve and we got to challenge each other. I think there's going to be a lot of projects that we're going to do in this offseason that maybe we haven't done as good of a job of in the past couple of seasons. So for being a Packers podcast, we've taken quite uh, quite a bit of time to talk about Joe Barry once again at the end of the year. But yes, uh, right there, Matt says that Joe Barry, he anticipates Barry and the rest of the coaching staff coming back, talks about how he believes in the guys, something we've kind of heard about, uh, you know, maybe describing someone like Amari Rogers or some other players who got a lot of snaps in the past. But no, now we're talking about coaches. Um, so, Matt, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there are some coaching changes in the future here. Something I'm wondering, if we see Jerry Gray leave, I am really concerned. Because if he jumps ship to go to another team, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some shit in the defensive room this year. Just the way that the defense changed a little bit over time or what type of discussions are going on behind the scenes. That would be interesting to see if people leave. But either way, once again, Matt sticking up for the coaches Kind of wonder, too, this kind of puts more blame on the players for not producing this year. If you're saying you're bringing your whole coaching staff back and the last three years before with under Matt LaFleur, even when winning 13 games, every single one of those off seasons, 
we've moved on from coaches. The first year we moved on from, uh, is his name, Alvis Witted, the wide receiver coach. The year after that, we moved on from Sean Meninga and um, Mike Pettin. And then the year after that, we obviously moved on from Maurice Drayton and some other Nathaniel Hackett and the tight ends coach left. But either way, he has personally fired or let guys go. This year, we go eight and nine. Hey, I like these guys. These are good guys. I got some cool projects for the offseason <laughs> with them. So how do you, th- what do you guys think about this? Andrew, you you look very happy. No, I mean, I, I, we've all said the exact same thing. If LaForce Softy likes a guy, we said it before, Barry, you know, like you said, with, with players, who knows what's back there. You know, when he said he's got some offseason projects, as long as those projects are are running training camps on how to coach a defense, then okay, I might be on board. But it obviously is not working with the current defense. No one's happy about it. And just to have that, like, it's almost maybe he's tying his anchor along Barry's ship, right? Because if Barry ends up going down. If we get another shitty season next year, and this happens, Matt LaFleur could very well lose his job. They're both gone. Right. It's not going to be because now, yeah, if LaFleur says no, Barry's the guy, it's his judgment at fault Mm -hmm. uh, on top of not stepping in when you have these other guys like Nixon in practice and and saying, hey, do this differently, you know, not leading your leaders correctly. It yeah, he's going to go down with the ship that is Barry. The other thing, too, is, you know, you're mostly talking about the defense there. I think an offensive coach should be fought could believe as well we saw how bad the you know how long it took the receivers going i don't know if you fired jason rabel but there's there should be there's no way we had the entire offseason like i said earlier it's been almost a year since Devonte adams got traded and this team that now his coaching staff that you got the projects for that couldn't come up with an offense without Devonte adams now this is year two of figuring that out and now you got the defense staff too they got to figure their own shit out you know maybe play, playing a little more press Coverage then backing off on fourth down, but not not very good. Todd, yeah, I don't. This, it just it doesn't make sense. I mean, okay, so <laughs> the one thing I would I would to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt the the coaches he fired in the years leading up to this bat the worst season he's had were those coaches that were here before. He got like because he kept Petten. He, he hired he hired the he wide hire receiver Meninga? coach. He hired Witted. He hired Sean Meninga. It wasn't his first choice. It should have been Darren Rizzi, who's a great special teams coordinator. Sure. Went to yep. but yes, Mike Petten was a holdover. Absolutely yes. Okay. So they weren't. I was just they weren't right. all we don't leftovers know how, from the McCarthy. We don't know how group. nice the McCarthy coaches were because if they we weren't as nice, he yeah, would have got rid of them more true. likely. Well, I just think yeah, it's just it's really perplexing to be like yeah, and we maybe he will still get rid of them, and he's just saying that it could be lip service. But if he's gonna keep the eight nine staff, <laughs> gut the not guts, yeah. but you know what I'm saying, <laughs> like fire people off of adjust even the thirteen and three, thirteen and four staffs. Yeah. It's like. Well, I have even like another, I guess, follow up with that because if Uh-oh. we're going, no, not even, not even anything big, but I would understand it more so even like keeping the, the this staff and, and the younger players, if you are moving in the direction of getting rid of Rogers, yes, because then sure. you're going to say, let's build up from the ground. Let's together figure this out and build. But if you're going to come in and say, we have some key pieces that we have to work around, you know, you can bring in guys to do 
work with the system that they already have. You know what I mean? Like the the key players. If Rodgers goes, then I can honestly understand keeping Barry and letting him fit into the role and figure it out. Letting a lot of these other head coaches figure it out as yeah, the team I, players I do too. Or you That's could the ar- only way you I could argue it. if you're rebuilding, you rebuilding, rebuild thing. Yes, exactly. But yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens this offseason. Obviously, Nathaniel Hackett is out there too. They did bring him up in the presser as well, and he uh, Matt said he did talk to him. Nothing concrete about coming back, but uh, Tom Clemens, the quarterback coach, is 70 years old, came back out of retirement for Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Now, maybe he doesn't want to coach again, or maybe if Rodgers leaves, you know, he'll retire again. I wouldn't be shocked if Nathaniel Hackett comes back and is the quarterback coach next year. That would be pretty big, I think. I more likely he'd come on and be some like um, offensive uh, senior assistant or whatever they call him, like what Mike Pettin sure. is for the Vikings. But did yeah. Rogers request that seventy-year-old coach? Uh, he always referenced him before, and it definitely helped with him coming back when Luke Getzey, the former QB coach, is the offensive coordinator for the Bears sure. now. So it was it made the most sense, and it's. I mean, we saw Jordan Love uh, play against the Eagles, and everyone talked about how his fundamentals were so yeah. much better. That's always been. Tom Clemens thing. Rogers always has said that too. How like his footwork and everything is thanks to was Clemens Clemens the guy Favre's guy too or uh no okay. I don't I, I don't just know if he's so. been like a Packer organization guy for a long time he he was with he was the QB coach for the majority of Aaron Rodgers cool. career under McCarthy as well Got he it. was the offensive coordinator when McCarthy gave up his uh that's another thing too McCarthy gave up his play calling uh back in the day to Tom Clemens uh Lafleur said yesterday as well or on Monday that. Uh, he isn't against giving up play calling, which would be weird. I don't know. He's such a like coordinator and he's not a motivator or like, I don't know. It would be a weird move to do that. Cause that's his I whole thing is play calling being a football mind, right? Like when he was brought in, he's a football mind. He's an offensive guru. Like, you know, he's one of those younger analytic analytic yeah. knows when to do what it's not like he's pumping the players up in excitement and, or like a hard ass figure that you respect and, and keep people in line. It's the exact there's, opposite. There's quite if the he difference. doesn't do that, what is he doing? Well, yeah, there's quite a difference between the locker room videos for the Packers and the locker room videos with Dan Campbell and the Lions. Yep. It's like, okay, this is that's not you know everything to being a head coach. It's not like Bill Belichick's going around hyping dudes up. Well, but, they're right. just completely different people, right? Like, yes. and you look at, like, uh, who's the dude in Miami? Like, uh, compare Mike him to Daniels. Daniel, Mike Vrabel. Mike Daniel, yeah. I f- right? Like, yo, yeah, they're I, just I don't completely like him different people. Yes. I feel like... LaFleur's like advantage is not that he hypes people up, but it's like your dad where like you don't want to disappoint because he gets sad and he cares about <laughs> yeah. you so much. It does. Like, yeah. Sure. I would make him feel bad. Well, even the, the clip after the Niners game, he sounded like he, you know, disappointed people. Yes. And then after this game, he sounded mad. Like but. he doesn't get. Yeah. He doesn't normally get mad. He gets sad yes. or disappointed in you. And that's not what you want to but do. But now here. he's been disappointed you know. for too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now he's, he's his anger his, is he's coming out. He's putting his foot down. Yes. yes. Good. We want to see it. A couple of years he'll yell at someone. Yeah. Uh-huh. But with that, uh, that's pretty much it. That's the season. Uh, yeah, it's weird. There's no, like, you know, hot takes for next week. Yeah, no no predictions, no preview. Uh, the Packers do have the 15th overall pick in the upcoming mm. draft, but... Uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty much it for the season. So, like always, you know, at the end of these episodes, if you could, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that this week. But thank you for listening this year. Um, <laughs> yeah, not, switch. It's it's a huge gift for the listener to not have to hear to the graveling at the end of every episode. But yeah, uh, thanks again for listening every week this year. It's um, essentially what's cool for me is being able to talk to a couple buddies about the Packers 
and we've had you know thousands of different people come by and listen to us. So it's cool to weekly have people actually care about what me and my buddies have to talk about. So I'm very thankful for that. Uh, Andrew, I'm very thankful for you coming by and being part of the podcast at the beginning of the year. If you didn't, you know, you kind of saved the podcast. I don't know what we would have done. I saved everything. Hero you know, ball. Without Todd, me, Todd, even, even more impressive. Thank you for coming in <laughs> and saving me from Andrew. You know, that was huge. It was one thing to save the podcast, but to oh. keep me alive. Sanity is a big it, thing here. It's Sanity, a big thing. You know? So I just wanted to say that. But I, uh, yes. Spencer, it's been nice. Uh, obviously, uh, one of the biggest things I look forward to every week, but it's been fun because there's some people that like I don't even know listen. You know, like I didn't talk, I didn't show it to, right? Like I didn't send it to them. Um, most Packer fans I did, but like two of my uncles and then a buddy of a buddy basically texted me last week and like commented on it. And I was just like, oh, that's so cool. Like, <laughs> that you're like listening, you're taking your time out. So it's just, it's, it is cool to, to have that, you know, come around too, but. And yes. thank you, thank Spencer, you. for putting in all the work. Yes, absolutely. Yes. All just show up and talk every week is pretty You nice are 100% to... of our production team. Yes, I've so. said it before. I, I'm a crazy person, so I'd probably be doing something similar to that. Like, I'd have my own clips that I like be sending to you guys. Yeah, and you, just like, be, you see this shit? It'd be a lot more text messages. <laughs> at least it's not like, yeah, your crazy aunt who like spams you at three in the morning. At least you can do it to like everyone else instead <laughs> yeah. of just your friends. <laughs> So uh, that's it. That's it for the season. What, I guess. Do, we, what do we do? Reconvene like before the uh, draft? Uh, I'll I'll see what I do. Cool. Yeah. That I'll sounds see. great. We're welcome back <laughs> next year. Yeah. You know, we'll see. Uh, there will be an episode out in the near future with a very special guest. Um, but that's all I'll say about that. But it's with Kyle. that, it's with that, I don't have anything else. You guys have anything else? No, I, I, if it's Rogers last year, I, I feel bad for all the bad things I said about him this year, but <laughs> yeah, they were bad. probably true in the moment, at least. But <laughs> okay. if he tweets out at poor man's Packers Todd or poor Todd, uh, then, you know, then you can feel bad okay. that little yeah. no hill, when he hears he's this, he's probably, yeah, he's listening right now. So yeah, absolutely. But with that, that's all you guys got. That's all I got. Thank you. That's it. With that, Eric Koskinen, please don't sue us. I worked all year, I worked all month, and then they took my money away, yeah, now I don't care. Cause they ain't working like me down here. And I said, hey now, little baby, I'm gonna be put down. Yeah, uh, we have an electrician coming. Uh, Why would you pay a lot of electrician? That's so crazy. That's like one hundred and thirty dollars. That's a lot of money. An hour to just you could you could they're fix it charge yourself. you for drive time, and they're gonna charge you for drive time back to the shop, and they're gonna Maybe. charge you for to fix whatever, yeah, oh, whatever it, is. it is, and it's gonna be ridiculous. I installed every outlet in this house yeah. and every outlet online. Andrew. <laughs> Now, are they Andrew, fuck no. But do they I work saw, for now? I saw the <laughs> other. <laughs> I saw the Billings Park house. Do you remember uh, showing me about the? Uh, yeah, I recant my. Uh, the, the lighting yeah. in the in the stairway going upstairs. Yes. Or uh, well, the room. Wait, the, you're talking about the room. There was a room underneath yes. the stairs. Yes. And Can you we tell Todd about in, that? Yeah. And there was like so. First off, all the plumbing. So this is like new. the underneath the stairs closet it's, bathroom. It was actually sometimes it's a bathroom. It was like, actually a, a bedroom. Oh, okay. Under, like uh, <clears throat> against the stairs. Okay. And under in underneath the closet there, that's where yep. the, the closet, the stairwell. Right? Yep. 
But um, I recall it was a mix because <clears throat> typically I think people try to separate like their plumbing and their electric. Mm-hmm, However, mm-hmm. I said one tube. Let's just fucking run these bad boys let's together. Rip it. Why not? Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wasn't gonna live there long term. Um, <laughs> and, but he comes in and like I had all the the PEX pipes connecting, and they weren't connecting, right? Because I was under the impression that you had to, and maybe you know this. Um, I've never sand. used PEX. Okay, so with brass pipes, you <laughs> yeah. sand copper, <laughs> copper. Yep. You you sand them to yep. get them to connect into shark bites. So I'm sanding the PEX, <laughs> oh, no. and you don't sand the PEX. No. Like you don't fucking sand it. And I'm like every fucking one. I call them and Every one of these things is leaking. And they're like, what are you doing? Like, I'm like, I'm just connecting. I'm like, there's no way. I'm like, I sand it. I put it in. Like, That's your problem, you idiot. Don't, don't sand it. <laughs> Did they say idiot? So I, no, but probably maybe. I don't fucking know. 